listen to this track. Girl, the way you move it, got me in a trance. DJ, turn me up. Ladies, this show jam. I'm a super gentlemen welcome back to the st ambrose university sports show on kla hd2 106.1 schistel speak sports i'm your host ryan schistel today is march 2nd and it has been a pretty nice day here on the campus of st ambrose university and the quad cities area a lot of sunshine earlier a good day to either wear shorts or pants long sleeve short sleeves whatever you really wanted it was one of those days where the temperature was perfectly in the middle and you had the opportunity for whatever you wanted. So before getting into the action, I have a quick disclaimer on this episode. Uh, this episode is going to include some questions and opinions that are mine. They are not necessarily from KALA Radio or St. Ambrose University, but they are mine and strictly mine as a sports broadcaster here at Ambrose. There are just some things that you know, I wanted to know and really never got the chance to really figure out. So I'm going to talk about that, and I'm just going to, you know, talk about some of the states of some of the sports around here at St. Ambrose and just give my very honest opinion on what I think needs to happen for different sports. Now, there was no show last week. I took a personal day. My boss allowed it. Um, you know, I just had a lot going on last week. So with that, we've got about two weeks of sports to try to make up in tonight's show, so this show might run a little bit longer than normal, but I'm okay with that if everybody who is listening is. So let's jump into the action now, and the first sport I will be talking about to kick off this evening's show is men's basketball. The men's basketball season officially came to an end on Saturday, February 18th. It was a bleak season for the Bees, with a final record of 5-20 and overall, and then 4-16 and 16 in the conference. However, the Bees did have a major upset in their final regular season game. It was senior day at Lee Loman Arena as the Bees squared off against a very good Indiana South Bend Titans team. So on that game from the 18th, the Bees won 90-75. The Bees went in the half leading 46-34 and then outscored the Titans 44-41 in order to secure the 15-point victory. And to start off this game, I don't think there was a dry eye in Lee Loman Arena as Patrick Torrey got honored. Obviously, Patrick Torrey passed away very early in the season. He was a senior center, and he was a guy that I know a lot of the guys on the men's basketball team uh, really cared about, and they just thought he was an awesome teammate to have. Um, so it was very emotional to start off the game. And then I felt like the team really played well, and they were playing for Pat. As in the starting five, it was Andrew Morrissey who led in points with 25, followed up by Will Spriggs' 15. Then Jake Friel added 15, Ignacio DeCunda had 11, and then Max Steiner closed things out in the starting five with six points. On the bench, it was Nathan Moeller who added five, and Nikola Zelenovic, who had three. Grant Mason had some playing time, as well as Austin Bourne. Neither one of them scored, but they both grabbed some rebounds and got an assist. At least Mason got the assist. But I think one of the biggest stories was Bryce Boyle, 
He was a senior this year, had not played on varsity at all, had absolutely no stats heading into the game. And he really only got into the game for the last minute of play. And you could tell that everybody was really cheering. They wanted, they were, uh, the student section was chanting, We want Bryce for the last probably seven to five minutes of the game. And then finally, Coach Ray Shevlin put him in. Boyle went to the free throw line right away when he got the ball, and he sunk both of his free throws. So he added two points, and that got Lee Loman rocking. But then with about 20 seconds left, the B secured it. Boyle got the ball, and, you know, normally he was dribbled the ball out there, but everybody was screaming for Boyle to shoot it, so he put up an absolute prayer of a deep three-point shot and sunk it. So he closed out the game with five points. One thing that I think is cool is, now that he has finished his basketball career at St. Ambrose, he can say that as a varsity player, he shot 100% from the line and 100% from the field. He also played some pretty good defense when needed. So it was really cool to see Bryce Boyle to really play well in that game. So with the pretty poor basketball season being over for the men's team, um, I think this future could look very interesting. So I'm just going to go over a few things. Um, starting with the coaching, Ray Shevlin, obviously still the coach. He was in his 40th season this year. Um, I think that Coach Shevlin is still a very good coach. Not only is he really the face of St. Ambrose basketball, but I think he's one of those guys that could be considered really the face of just SAU athletics in general. Um, I think that this season was very rough, obviously 5-20. and 20, And I think what really stinks is – you know, it almost like takes a shot at his legacy. Um, I personally believe that it doesn't hurt it all too much because of the career success that he's had at St. Ambrose, both as a player and a coach. But I feel like that did hurt. Um, and, you know, 40 seasons, it's it's very hard to coach. And, you know, I feel like it might be hard to try to keep up with the modern style of basketball when you've been coaching that long. And then that also comes into play with the players. Um, you'll hear it in a little bit, but... I just I felt like there was never a true strong connection until later on in the season when it almost got to be too late for the team. So I would like to see the men's team come out next year, connect right away with each other, and just kind of really figure out how to catch a spark and have a good winning season. Um, next, the game planning. Now, I don't even know if I want to call this game planning, but I feel like it mixes in with the players. I feel like the Bees resort or really tried to rely on the three-point shot way too much this season. It seemed like all the time, five players, all five players on the court would just be around the perimeter ready to shoot the three. And I get it, you know, you want to hit those three-point shots because that can get the crowd fired up. But they never really fell many times in the games for the Bees to where I think it just would have been better to rely on driving in and getting those two points and really building up a score that way with the occasional three-point shot. But for next year, I'd like to see them not rely on the three as much. And then finally, the goals. I think the goals for this team, which again, you'll hear in just a minute, should be make the conference tournament, have a winning record, and win a game in the conference tournament. Obviously, the goal should be for the players, you know, win conference tournament and make it to the national tournament. But I think at least you have to have a winning record next year, or at least a 500 record even, we can say, and at least make the conference tournament because... You know, personally, I just don't think that this season was what the players wanted, obviously, but I think it was just a hard season to call and watch 
as a Bees fan. So to close out men's basketball and before talking about the women's basketball team, I sat down earlier this week with a good friend of mine, sophomore guard Grant Mason. Uh, It's about a five-minute interview, and here is how it went. Okay, I am joined by Grant Mason, a sophomore on the men's basketball team. Grant, you come from Chicago, a high school called Mount Carmel, one of my high school's rivals. Uh, Can you just talk a little bit about what it was like playing basketball in the CCL back in high school? Uh, Honestly, it was great. It was great beating Brother Rice all the time. I wouldn't say that. (laughs) No, but it it was a – it's nothing like playing basketball in Chicago, especially in the Catholic League with all the competition in there. So it was great. So now let's look at this season. You guys go 5-20 and 20 overall. Obviously not the best season that you guys have ever had. What are some of the things that you could have done better? Because you were one of the key guys on this year's team. Um, honestly, I, I really could have been a lot more efficient. Um, honestly, just – yeah, just being a lot more efficient because that was a lot of our problems. And that was a lot of our problems as a team, but me specifically, I could have been way more efficient. Now, outside of being efficient as a team, in a lot of your guys' games this year, you guys didn't shoot the ball great percentage-wise. So what do you – do you think it was like a communications issue while on the court? Or like what do you guys think as a team you could have done better? As a team, we really could have talked a lot more. Um, I felt as if like we didn't really get our chemistry till, till it was way too late. And it was honestly a lot of injuries. And if we were healthier during the season, maybe we could have done a little bit better, but honestly, we could have communicated a lot better and played together more as a team. So obviously your head coach is Ray Shevlin. I mean, he is, he's the legend at St. Ambrose, not only for basketball, but just kind of the athletics in general, can you just talk a little bit about what it's like playing for a guy with that kind of stature at St. Ambrose? Um, honestly, it's great. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, it's an honor to be able to play basketball at, at the college level, and it's an honor to be able to play for him. So and that's all I have to say about that. So your guys' season – Starts off okay, gets a little rocky. Obviously, you guys had that pause with Pat. But then you guys come into that final game. There's that moment. I don't think there was a dry eye in Lee Loman when you guys honored Pat Torrey for senior day. And then you guys come out, you play your hearts out, win in what was a big upset game because Indiana South Bend was a very good team this year. So, obviously, something clicked that last game. Do you think that had anything to do with just knowing that it was the final game? And it was, you know, senior day, so you're trying to send the seniors out on a high note. Or, you know, what do you think really led to the success in that final game? It really had a lot to do with Pat. Um, as you know, his family was there. Uh, we all knew that they were going to be there. And our mindset coming in is if we lost, like, how would they feel? Like, so Pat meant the world to us, and we just wanted to show out for him. And I, I also do think, like, we just – came together and just hoop we just played basketball not thinking about what could happen or the mistakes we're gonna make but came together played basketball as a team and that was that so now you got two more years here to play basketball 
Um, what is the outlook like going forward for you? You know, like coming into next year, because I'm sure practices and all that are going to start early, all the workouts, stuff like that. What is your goal for yourself heading into your junior season? Into my junior season, for myself, um, I want to make all-conference. Um, and I want to win the conference tournament next year uh, and make the national tournament. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say all-conference first team. That's, that's my goal for next year. So, obviously, like you said, make the conference tournament, win the conference tournament. And then, obviously, go to Nationals. Um, I would love that, too. Just, you know, being one of the broadcasters, get to travel with you guys. Uh, I went to that Drake game with you guys. And, obviously, that one, you're going up against a D1. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't the greatest game. <laughs> no, but, you know, it was a fun little road trip. What, what is the, what's the brotherhood like on the team? Because a lot of you guys do seem really close with one another. I will say I was a lot closer with my high school teammates. But we're all all close together we did have some trouble earlier in the year but we came together as the season went on through the hardships and mistakes kind of bonded us closer so um I, I wouldn't trade my brothers for anybody in the world so now I don't have anything else for you is there anything else you want to add just about the basketball season uh well to the fighting B fans I promise that there aren't going to be many more seasons like this. There aren't going to be any more seasons like this at all. And we're going to come and and win a lot for you guys next year. So, Well, again, this has been Grant Mason, the sophomore guard on St. Ambrose's men's basketball team, and I'm Ryan Schistel. So once again, that was Grant Mason, as I just said. Um, I love talking to Grant. We always talk basketball. Uh, during the season, we still do about, you know, high school because both of our high schools are still in the playoffs. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, D1 college. We'll talk about the NBA sometimes. And he's just a real good guy to, you know, sit down and just kind of talk about sports with, not even only basketball, but other sports that he knows and I know pretty well. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed having that time to sit down with Grant. We were joking around. Um, obviously, some of that got edited out because it didn't have anything to do with basketball, some of the questions. But, Nevertheless, let's move on from the men's basketball team and go to the women's basketball side of things. Unlike the men's team, the Queen Bees weren't able to end their regular season with a win, dropping the season finale against IUSB 70-59. However, the women's basketball team did get the sixth seed in the CCAC Conference Tournament and traveled to number 3 Olivet Nazarene last Wednesday. I went to that game with Luke Vera to be on the call for KALA, and unfortunately that game did not go all too well for the Queen Bees, losing by 40, 82-42. At the end of one, the Bees were down 12-2 and then went into the half trailing 37-15. After that, the Bees dropped the third quarter 24-12 and dropped the fourth quarter 21-15 for that 40-point loss. For the Bees, the leading scorer was Janie Prestigard, who put up 16 points, followed up by Abby Walter, who put up 14. Outside of those two, the starting five closed out with Anna Plummer had three points, Caroline Cool had two, and Caitlin Brunson had two. Off the bench, Olivia Harder and Allie Govert both had two, Ellie Hullabar had zero, and Haley Shashelshik had one 
So not a great game shooting for the Bees. Only shot 32% from the field, 11% from beyond the arc, and 70% from the charity stripe. Now, one thing that I do want to point out is really just the team stats. The Bees actually outshot Olivet Nazarene, um, but Olivet hit a lot more threes than the Bees did. Uh, the Bees out-rebounded the Tigers 57-44, to but I think the biggest stat to look at is the turnovers. The Bees had 44 turnovers in this game. Olivet only had 10, and one thing that you know, just looking at it, when it first happened after the game, we were packing up. I still had my computer open that I had the live stats going on. The Bees had the same amount of turnovers as the Tigers had rebounds. And, I mean, 44, 44 turnovers, no matter what, that is not a recipe for success. But, I, I don't know, something about that stat, just the same amount of turnovers as Olivet had rebounds, did not sit well with me. I know it didn't sit well with Luke or probably anybody on the team or the coaching staff. And it was just really unfortunate to see what was a pretty good season for the women's basketball team end on such a bad note. Now, with the season over for the women's basketball team, there are a lot of questions that I think are up in the air. I have some of them. And again, these are going to be some questions or opinions that are mine, not the radio stations, not the universities, but just stuff that you know I kind of would like to know. Uh, the first question is, who will be the coach for next season? Um, you know, AD, Mike Holmes had to step in late at the end of the year for the Bees. Um, he only won one game, and, you know, I don't think he'll be the one coming back as a head coach next year for the Bees. So I guess the biggest question will be, to me, you know, when will the Bees have a new head coach figured out by? Will it be in the summer, or will it be sooner than that, or even later than that into the first semester? Um, I would like to kind of think that the summertime would be roughly where they're really going to do a lot of their looking around just so that coach can build a good relationship with some of the players on the team. Um, the next question, and this was a big one for me, um, you know, what really happened with Coach Krista Van Howen, who uh, is no longer with the team, you know, not going to speculate on anything, but the university or athletics really never put anything out explaining the move. Um, really, the news broke to a few of the news stations around the Quad Cities, and that's where I saw it on Twitter. And just, you know, nothing was really ever officially said. And, you know, I, I understand why, or I really, you know, I understand why to an extent because, you know, maybe something happened there that the university doesn't want to share or anything like that. But, you know, just a as somebody who broadcasted a lot of the games, it was always a big question. And, for people who knew I broadcasted the games and knew Coach Van Howen was no longer with the team, people would constantly come up and ask me, and I would just kind of have to be like, you know, I, I really don't know, and you can't speculate on something like that. So that was hard. Um, next, will we see players who, you know, may have left the team come back for next season for those who aren't graduating? Because uh, the Bees did lose quite a few big-name players, and it's just one of those things where, you know, looking at it late in the season in the CCAC quarterfinals, I think if we had some of those girls, you know, that game could have been a lot closer. So I think that really hurt the team. And then the final question I have, I guess, is how can the Bees stay competitive against a team with a playing style like Olivet, who beat the Bees by 40? Um, Olivet kind of ran what a lot of people called the hockey rotation type of substitutions, where it seemed like every chance or every stoppage of play, the Tigers would take the five girls they had on the court 
and take them out of the game and put a fresh new five on so everybody had fresh legs consistently where the bees had to play some of their girls for virtually the whole game and you could just tell that the bees were getting tired out pretty fast so you know it's just there to me there are a lot of questions up in the air there are probably more than this but those were my biggest ones and obviously you know I'm not taking shots at absolutely anybody that's just a not something I would do and that's not something I even think I could do morally because you know for instance sports information director Brian Thiessen he is one of the biggest reasons for the success of KALA radio when it comes to broadcasting sports he gives us all the information we need when we can get it from him whether it be football giving us rosters and depth charts or basketball just telling us every little thing we need to know about the team and really allowing us to do these broadcasts um so really also a thank you to him for all the constant support and success uh we keep talking to him about spring sports like baseball softball lacrosse whatever we can do for the rest of the school year but again you know these were just some opinions and questions that I had, um, and again, not throwing shade or anything at absolutely anybody because, you know, that's just obviously not something that I would ever do or anybody I think would ever really do. Now, the last sport I'm going to talk about before heading into the commercial break is men's volleyball. The last time I was on air for Schistel Speak Sports, the men's volleyball program had a record of 4-8. and eight. Since then... The Bees have gone 0-5 in the past, you know, two weeks, and they are currently on an eight-game losing streak. So, since the last episode, the Bees lost at Calumet 3-1. They lost against St. Xavier at home 3-0. Lost against Augustana at home 3-0. Lost at Culver Stockton 3-2. And then most recently, the Bees lost to the Roosevelt Lakers 3-1 at home. The Bees will face off against the Olivet Nazarene Tigers tonight at 7 o'clock p.m., so that's going to get going underway. That game is getting played at home inside Lee Loman Arena just across campus from KALA. So a quick look ahead after this Olivet Nazarene game, the Bees will travel to to Missouri Baptist, pardon me, on Saturday at 4 o'clock p.m., and then the team will travel next Tuesday to Trinity Christian in Palos Heights, Illinois, at 7 o'clock p.m. The Bees will then return home to play Viterbo on next Thursday, March 9th, at 7 o'clock p.m. I'll have more on all of those games next week, including this game tonight against Olivet Nazarene. Bees fans and KALA listeners alike, that is going to do it for the first half of Schistel Speak Sports. I'm Ryan Schistel. Coming up after this short halftime break, I'll be back to talk about the conclusion of the track and field team's indoor seasons, the freshly started lacrosse seasons, and the newly started seasons for baseball and softball. Don't touch that dial because you're listening to Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1. In the early hours after the tsunamis, it was ham radio that was on the air saving lives. When Florida was ripped by hurricanes, the hams were there. In the critical moments after the attack of 9-11, it was the hams who coordinated emergency messages. Can you hear us now? Ham radio works when other communications don't. To learn how you can become a ham radio operator, call the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio, at 1-800-326-3942. 
A public service message from your community radio station, KALA Davenport, and the St. Ambrose University Amateur Radio Club, K0SAU. When my family found out I was on drugs, they were devastated. It was killing them, you know, it was killing them. It tears your family up more than it does you. My dad was frantic, and he looked at me and he said, we're not going to gamble with your life. I wanted to have my family back, and that's when my mother found Narconon. If you or someone you love has a drug or alcohol problem, call Narconon today at 1-800-468-6933 or visit us at www.stopaddiction.com. Your station for St. Ambrose University Sports, KALA Davenport Quad Cities. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Ryan Schistel, live from the studios of KALA HD2 106.1 here on the campus of St. Ambrose University. This is the second half of tonight's edition of Schistel Speak Sports. It was basketball and volleyball talk in the first half, so let's talk about the SAU National Championships, track and field, mixed in with some lacrosse, baseball, and softball. To start things off, it's Nationals talk. First off, the SAU swim and dive teams are currently in their second day of National Championships. They end on Saturday the 4th. The wrestling team is in Wichita, Kansas for Nationals, which starts tomorrow and ends on Saturday. Bowling, cheer, and dance will start their Nationals next Thursday. Now, before looking at track and field's national championships, let's take a look at the, conclu at the conclusion of the concert finals. So, the indoor season for St. Ambrose track and field has officially come to its conclusion, both the men's and women's teams took second out of eight in the conference finals, which was hosted in the WRC on the campus of St. Ambrose University. Olivet Nazarene both won, both won the men's and women's championships. The Beats had a very successful indoor season this year, coming in the top three of all their indoor meets. Furthermore, the Beats had numerous podium finishers at the conference finals, and there were really just too many to even try to name on air. Now, numerous track and field members turned their attention to the NAIA Indoor National Championships, which actually started earlier today and will end on Saturday. The teams now will have no competitions until the outdoor season kicks off on April 1st for the SAU Spring Opener, which, as you could guess, is at home. Now, eyes turn to the lacrosse teams for both men's and women's. The last time Schistel Speak Sports aired, the men's lacrosse team had started their season on an 0-2 slide. The Bees have competed in two games since then, going 1-1. The Bees traveled to Indiana to take on both number 2 Indiana Tech and then Taylor University. In the first game against Indiana Tech, the Bees once again dropped the game 27-5. The Bees trailed after quarter number one, 10 to nothing, and then went into the half trailing, 14 to three. Then Indiana Tech put up a five spot in the third quarter to go up 19 to three, and then closed out the fourth quarter, beating the Bees eight to two to make it a 27 to five total. In the game for the Bees, there were goals by Dawson Dickerson, who had one, 
Michael Keating with one, Jacob Blair with one, and Isaiah Hahn with two. The goalie for this game was Nolan Hayes, number 52. He took the loss, and he went to 0-3 on the year. He faced 43 shots, saving 16 and giving up those 27. Now, for this Bees team, after that, they start out 0-3. They were ranked in the top five nationally, and then they needed a bounce back because they dropped three top five matchups early in the season, and they went up against Taylor University. Now, they played at Grand Park in Grand... They played against... I'm sorry. They played against Taylor at Grand Park in Westfield, Indiana, in which the Bees beat Taylor 9-7. to There isn't a box score posted quite yet for that game, so I can't really give a really deep look into the Bees' first win, but they move to 1-3 and three on the year. So... The now 1-3 Bees will play at Mount Vernon Nazarene in Ohio on Saturday at noon. Then they will play at Aquinas on Sunday at 1. The Bees will then play next Thursday for their home opener against Madonna at 6 o'clock. Like the men's team, the women's lacrosse team season is freshly started. Unlike the men's team, however, the women's lacrosse program is off to what I would consider a pretty good start. The Bees opened up their season last Friday at home with a 12-7 win against Midland. So in that 12-7 victory, the Bees jumped out to an early lead 3-0 at the end of the first. However, Midland struck back with three of their own, and then the Bees added two to go up 5-3 in the half. Both teams then put up three goals in the third to make it 8-6, but then the Bees pulled ahead in the fourth, out shoot, outscoring Midland 4-1 for that 12-7 finish. In the game for the Bees, many players scored goals. Mackenzie Zions and Jaden Ambrose both had one. Maddie Wiltrout, Annabelle Brown, and Sarah Deal had two. Hannah Reynolds added one. And then finally, Audrey Warner had three. The goalie of the game for the Bees was Maggie, Maggie Sampson. She moves to 1-0 on the year. She saved four shots out of the 11 she faced. So, you know, I guess you could say not the greatest save percentage, but it was enough to get the win for the Bees. So a look ahead for this women's team now. The Bees will be off until the 10th of March for an away date with Marion. I'll have more on them next week as we near closer to that one. Now the final two sports I'm going to talk about are baseball and softball. The baseball team traveled to Bloomington, Indiana this past weekend for a four-game set against Indiana Tech at Bloomington South High School. The team played two games on Saturday, followed up by two more on Sunday. And on the weekend, the Bees went 0-4. for That moves their record to 3-9 and overall. The Bees lost Saturday by scores of 12-8 to and then 7-3. to On Sunday, they followed up those two losses, losing 7-2 to and 4-2. to So 0-4 uh, on the weekend. Not great. Uh, I expected, I guess you could say, a little bit more in the early season out of this men's team, a little bit better than 3-9. But I do have a feeling that, you know, they'll be able to turn it around here pretty fast, really before hitting the prime of the conference play. Brad Needwides, Brad Needwides, Nick Volmert, Frank Quinn, and Griffin Lapp are all credited with losses on the mound 
this past weekend for the Bees. The team only tallied 24 hits on the weekend. So, like I said, I think this men's baseball team can really turn things around here fast. They had a pretty good season last year, and I think this is just a team that, you know, they just need to hit a little bit of a stretch. The Bees have still not had a home game at their own ballpark of Modern Woodman because of how cold it's been, and they will not be playing at Modern Woodman until very late into the season. It looks like their first game at home will be March 14th, which is a Tuesday against Olivet Nazarene. Until then, it's a lot of away trips, and they'll be playing in tournaments down in Florida and stuff like that. Um, Their upcoming schedule has a four-game bout with Mount Mercy this Saturday and Sunday. Both of those games on each day will be played at 1 and 3 o'clock p.m. from the Plaster Athletic Complex in Cedar Rapids. So, in softball action, the team went 2-2 two and two on the weekend from the Ambrose Dome, splitting their doubleheaders each day. On Saturday, it was a 5-1 to one win versus Mount Marty in Game 1. In that 5-1 to one win, the Bees were technically the away team, and they went up early 4 to nothing after the top of the 6th. The Bees then tacked on one more in the 7th inning, and Mount Marty tacked on one in the 6th for that 5-1 to one finish. The top hitters of the day for the Bees included Allison Polly, who had two doubles. Polly also had two RBIs, and Mackenzie Stew also had one. Paige Kirkman and Mackenzie Stew both had a sack fly as well. Alyssa Schumacher and Allison Polly both had two stolen bases, and then Erica Rolfs was caught stealing. Rolfs was also the winning pitcher on the day to move her record to 2-0 pitching five innings, giving up one hit and one earned run with one walk and eight strikeouts, so a great line. Annabelle Cruel came in to close out the game in the final two innings, giving up one hit and two walks in her two frames. So after that 5-1 to one win against Mount Marty, the Bees turned their attention to Aquinas for Game 2 on Saturday. Unfortunately, they dropped that one 4-1. to one. Then on Sunday, the Bees faced off against Mount Marty once again in the first game of the doubleheader, this time winning by a rather narrow margin of 2-1. to one. Uh, Once again, the Bees were technically the away team against Mount Marty, and there really there wasn't a lot of scoring until later on. Going into the final frame, it was still not up at zero, but then the Bees put up two runs in the top of the seventh, and Mount Marty was only able to put up one. In this game, the Bees had two runs, two hits, and no errors. Mount Marty had their one run on nine hits and an error. For the Bees, the two hits came from Maria Provenzano, and it looks like Paige Kirkman, who each had the sole hits. Kirkman had a triple. She also had an RBI, as well as Mackenzie Stew. Shea Edrich had two stolen bases, as well as Casey Sprout. Emily Erickson got the start on the mound for the Bees in this game, and in her five innings pitch, she gave up five hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts. However, Erickson was pulled, so she got the no decision, and Annabelle Cruel came in to close out the game. In her two innings of pitch, she gave up four hits, one earned run, one walk, and two strikeouts, but it wasn't enough to get the win, so Cruel moves to 1-0 and on the year. Uh, Erickson faced 24 batters on the day and 
Cruel faced 11. Um, the pitches to strikes ratio, though, pretty good for both. Erickson threw 86 pitches, 56 were strikes. And then Annabelle Cruel threw 37 pitches, 22 of them were seen and called strikes. So the softball team now sits at 7-5 and five on the year. And coming up, they will have two scrimmages against Blackhawk, which is a Quad Cities school, at 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. Those will be both be played from the Ambrose Dome. The team will also have a doubleheader Wednesday at 2 and 4 o'clock against William Penn at the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex, just a few blocks off the campus of St. Ambrose. So it'll be their first games outside and their first games I really, I guess you could call it their home stadium. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Schistel Speak Sports. I've been your host, Ryan Schistel. We've had some tef- some technical difficulties, pardon me, getting the past four episodes of Schistel Speak Sports up on our streaming services, but I can now officially announce that myself and KALA are all caught up. So go check it out on Spotify and SoundCloud. You can either look up KALA Radio, KALA FM, um, and then, you know, just kind of listen if you missed a few of the past ones. Hopefully this one can get up soon with no problems at all. Once again, I'm Ryan Schistel, and this has been Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1. Have a great rest of your week, and go bees. Popping bottles in the ice.